Welcome to Terminal Talk, a podcast on mainframe and mainframe-related topics. I'm Frank. And I'm Chad, here sitting in for Jeff, who couldn't be here due to some undisclosed illness he didn't tell us about. <laughs> it makes you wonder, doesn't it? Does it does make you wonder. It's happened multiple times now. <laughs> All those late nights at the bar. That's what it is. So Crazy kids. <laughs> Calls himself a mainframer if he can't to come back after a few drinks, honestly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what the hell? And with that. <laughs> uh, and so our guest is Neil Ferguson from Cine Nomine. That's got it. Cool. Yep. He is uh, the principal engineer uh, there. And you've been doing Linux on the mainframe, like, when they started talking about it, right? Yeah, we actually started... While IBM was doing it as a Skunk Works project, a group of us got together, and um, when when Princeton was still using VM and had mainframe, Melinda Varian donated some resources to us, and three of us got together and we developed the Linux kernel um, from scratch and uh, had it up and running to the point of um, running in it, and then we discovered IBM was doing it, and um, rather than just give up on the stuff, we thought we'd just keep putting out presses, releases that we were making progress in the hope that that would force IBM's hand because I, I could imagine, I could only imagine the type of lawyering that was happening when this stuff was going on. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of heated battles about uh, Linux on, on Z early on. A lot of people saying, well, if we do this, uh, this will affect the value of the mainframe. It's going to be a commodity just like everybody else. And they... They thought it was a really, really bad idea. Yeah, but amazing, you can't find anybody who said it's a bad idea anymore. Not anymore. So, you know, no. It was, it was, suddenly, everybody was on the road to Damascus. And uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so you guys, so your your company releases a flavor of Linux uh, for Z, and is how is it similar or different from the like Ubuntu's or the other ones that I know that exist on Z? We produce a clone of CentOS. CentOS, uh, okay. So it's taken right from the source vault of CentOS. Yeah. It's updated every night, built every day, tested every day, and that we call it Clefos because we're not part of CentOS organization, Okay. and that's a trademark. But it is CentOS, and we include all the... Um, sub-repositories sub like virtualization and cloud and even the software collection there. So it's a full, full-on full distro. So I, if, if we could just get down in the weeds for just a minute here because <laughs> I, I was a Linux guy before I ever got to be Z. And I'm curious just if you can in, you know, uh, so many words, tell me how does one go about like porting a kernel from like an x86 machine to Z, because obviously above that it's it's more or less encapsulated, right? Um, but but at the kernel level, it really matters the what speaks to the hardware. So how how do you go about doing that? Well, I haven't had to worry about that since we we're doing the public port back in ninety ninety eight. Uh-huh. These days, the upstream kernel sources all include Z. Doesn't it's part and parcel of that, so you don't have to do anything special, which I is see. which is the joy of Linux is Linux is Linux. Right. All the necessary device drivers for Z are in the source tree of there. It's all stamped by approved by Linux and all that type of stuff. So it's it's mainstream. So were those written by who, who wrote them originally? Right, uh, nearly, Where did they come originally? In, in nearly in its entirety by the team in Berlin hmm. there. I do have the pleasure of being written the first non-IBM device driver back in 2000 that provided an interface to the hypervisor, so you could issue CP commands when running under VM. Um, but they then wrote their own at a later stage, so it got de- deprecated. But I did have the first. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Very cool. 
So, but but Chad brings up kind of an important question, right? Is everything was Little Indian, right? Uh, everything was ASCII. Uh, are there other were there other hidden gotchas in 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 bringing it to the mainframe? The Little Indian stuff never raised its head, other than um, specific device drivers. I believe that Z doesn't use anyway. ASCII's never been an issue for Z because the only reliance is on is the console driver, which expects things to be in EBCDIX. That's the only place you do a, a, a translation type of stuff there. Everything else, it's bytes of bytes, and UTF is UTF. Um, there, where I've had experience with stuff is doing um, compiler work or JIT work. I, I do a, I maintain the port of Mono, which is running, being able to run .NET on Z under Linux, and it, ha- it expects little Indian stuff, but uh, even Microsoft does um, big Indian support for their other platforms, so we just automatically are able to hook into that, so if it was a goodness. Mongo is another one, because BSON format is little Indian, so there's some translate stuff happening there, but we aren't the only big Indian platform, which makes life easier, and so those type of experiences are extremely rare. What kind of um, what kind of base does your distro have? I mean, how do you have any idea how many installs out there? Um, I did have a look at the download figures. It, it's downloaded a, an awful lot, <laughs> and there are some major ISVs who use our stuff because it's royalty free. It's a Red Hat base, but without the right um, the support requirements there, and so it's used a lot in the Docker environment. People are basing their in, images there. We just in the last year um, have been accepted as an official image by Docker, and in fact I just pushed the 7.6 image up to um, Docker Hub there so people can start using it. Uh, so yeah, it's, 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 people like it because they, the same reasons they like CentOS on the Intel platform. Right. You know, if they want to do nice things, they do it there, and then when they want to fall in enterprise thing, they'll buy a Red Hat license and, and do it there. So we ain't got no, you know, saying that we're a Red Hat competitor or anything like that. It's just a, a method of building the ecosystem for the Z community because um, we now have about 40,000 old new packages as a result of um, porting the EPEL library for right. to Z. Where so all the good stuff is. All the good stuff is, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anybody who's used CentOS knows that you really aren't rolling until EPEL is installed and updated. Yeah, and the, and the software collection. There's some good stuff in the software collection. If you want to use Python 3, you go to the software collection. Sure. So though I'm hoping Red Hat 8 comes out soon so we can have it in the base. I actually tested it out uh, in the in the height of like nerddom and inefficiency by running your distro on top of ZPDT on top of CentOS mm-hmm. running on a virtual <laughs> machine on my Mac. Yeah. Yeah, that's, you know. I bet that ran quick. It actually <laughs> surprisingly runs really, really well. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's all, I mean, there's hooks directly into the CPU-level instruction. I mean, it, it works pretty well. Well, when we were building our first building, the Clefos distribution, we had a farm of Hercules servers running Linux. Ooh, that were, which must not be named. Hercules <laughs> not running any proprietary software, so that's fine. <laughs> yes, and we did yes. not break any rules there. And um, we had a farm of 20 of these things out there, and it took us, it would take us nearly six weeks to bring out a distro. Um, fortunately, Mark Anzani saw the, val- the value in ClefOS and donated some Z13 resources to us, and we can turn a entire distribution out in, in just a few days. Just, you know, C13s are nice beasts. <laughs> yes, yes, fantastic. No, compared to 14s, they, they're, eh. yeah. yeah, that's so two years ago. Biggest can't be choosers. If you're running a Hercules and then you go to a ZPT, this, then everything else is a Rolls-Royce. It's a different Royce. sport, right? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I just had to say the other thing. <laughs> so uh, you have been doing this now since you said 99, 98, right? Yeah, we started the public one late, early 98, and we're doing it. I've been using Linux on the other platform. I'd had an aborted attempt myself, but I didn't have the skills to port GCC, which is the basis of everything. Yes. Right. And, in fact, that's how it came on the Z. Cause I've tried that myself <laughs> Yeah, yeah you, to, to port it to um, Z. Like mm-hmm. the open source version to Z, because yep. it's the base of everything. If you want to yep. use all the the make tools, if you want to use all the new GNU stuff, you've got to have GCC. So the whole reason why the Z people did it because they were doing millicode development and they needed this stuff. So once they had GCC there, everything else fell yeah, into everything place. Everything else falls into place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is at the base of it all. It's, it's it's a beast. It's an amazing bit of software, GCC. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. What was it like in the beginning um, to get people started? using Linux on on this mainframe. Yeah, that was an interesting thing. It was, you know, how long is this going to be in existence and why can't we run Linux directly under ZOS as an address space? And there was a <laughs> Russian company that professed to do it, but it apparently ran like a dog. And, yeah, so there's all the, is this is this viable? What can you use it for? You know, uh, and it took some convincing and a lot of sessions. Um, David Boys, my boss, had written a, a three-part paper on the virtual server farm. In fact, you know, people are, can argue with this, but we, he coined the term virtual server farm and a virtual <laughs> penguin farm. <laughs> and um, in those series of papers, laid out the, the rationale and, you know, look at the infrastructure first and then extend and, and, and it's played out that way. People did start putting in small static web servers, putting in DNS servers or that type of stuff and were able to consolidate that way. And when they found the value, then DB2 come along, comes along um, I did the first port of Java of the OpenJDK, uh, provided the uh, interpreter there for Z, just to get a JDK there because people love Java for whatever yeah. reason. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't say that. That's, un- that's unkind. I mean, I mean, being in security, I love Java. <laughs> it, it, it is the reason I'm employed <laughs> right now. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a soft spot for C Sharp despite its pedigree. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's a first time for everything. Yeah, yeah. really. I'm, Only because I maintain the JIT, if you see. Okay. Yeah, Once right. you get in the bowels or something, you can't help but love it. Yeah, no, that's Despite its mongrelness. You know. Right. Yeah, yeah but that, that was the story. It was a slow progress and a lot of education. Share was share served a big part in education. We'd have um, people outside the doors lined up to try and listen to this stuff. And some became converts, some became... You know, slightly believers and others thought well this is not for us and that's the that's the way it should be you know uh, right tool right job is what actually one of our company's mottos you know, rather than just trying to fit everything Z is the answer to everything no it's not of course uh, but you know through the slow education process um, it, it's been the adoption's been wonderful and I started running a hands-on lab for inter- Linux introduction back in 2005 and I gave my 30th time Two days ago. Wow. And we're still getting a packed house. We had 31 people sharing 15 screens uh, trying to look at it because I asked the, the question at the beginning of the day, how many of you guys are ZOS people? And 90% goes up. How many have been told by you on management that since you're a system programmer, you'll know all about system administration so you can be responsible for Linux? <laughs> Excellent. And the expectation is that their, their place is going to be running Linux. So they, these people are desperate for education, and, and, and it's a great thing to see that they're um, – Dishing up, listening, coming to the sessions, and um, we're seeing, like today's, I don't know if you saw the presentation today on running Mongo and Node.js at Marriott. Yeah. Stunning stuff they're doing there, you know. So change it change it up a little bit. I'm, I'd be curious to get your take, if you've got one, on um, the, the 
new um, ZOS uh, features running containers, so like Linux containers on Z, where do you think that fits in? How do you think that will be part of it? Especially, you know, talking about being the system administrator who runs uh, <laughs> Z, and now somebody's going to ask you to throw basically Docker on Z, and how's that going to ha- How do you think that's going to play out, and where do you think that fits in? I haven't learned enough about it to have a formal opinion. If it's just running containers, then, yeah. That's great for the first one or two containers, but start orchestrating them. Start putting them through your lifecycle. Right. That's where you need an OpenShift, which is – I'll put a plug in here uh, – ported OpenShift Origin for um, Z. So you, yeah. you can run full orchestration with Kubernetes underneath and all that Kubernetes, stuff. Right, yeah, it, yeah. it forms a basis there, but OpenShift provides the nice other management tool laying that levers. So if you're going to get in a serious way on ZOS, then you need something like that. I'm not sure if ICP – IBM Cloud Private has tooling that's going to manage that type of stuff. So I don't really know enough to answer the question. But if it's simply I've, I can run a container under ZOS, well, cool. Yeah, big yeah. deal. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, so, I, I look at it as one of those like, hey, it's cool. I can think of a bunch of things I'd like to try with it. But I'm I'm waiting to see what the killer apps or the killer ideas are for I, it. Hopefully you know, with the same progress. People say, oh, this is a good idea. And then we'll pick it up and say, well, we need this. And the demand will then drive. Yeah. The management, the tooling, I mean, and that type of stuff. I presume they didn't just build it as a as a solution looking for an answer, and they they had some ideas about. Well, it. you think about it. If if I'm going to write code that is going to go after a Z resource, if I can have that Z resource very close to that app, mm. uh, but still managed, you know, the way I manage all my other containers. Stuff, sure. There's there's some value there. Absolutely, mm-hmm. right. Your and data I, backends, your IMSs, your DB2s, yeah. your kicks and uh, transactions, that kind of stuff. Now, ultimately, it'd be great if you could then federate it into a, an OpenShift or Kubernetes environment. Right. Exactly. That's one one of the things I've been doing. You mean containers on you've got containers on Linux, containers on Z, whatever, but manage them all from the same yeah. kind of. Yeah. One of the people I've been working with is running a huge Intel OpenShift farm, and they've wanted to incorporate Z and. I helped them get along there so that their master's now dispatching work on the Z OpenShift nodes, and it, it, it's, it's, it's a goodness. And if that type of thing could be extended, and again, I, I don't know if ICP's plans to do that type of thing, that, then that's a great um, result because it runs where it needs to run. Yep. So it sounds like you're not just a Linux guy, right? How did you make that kind of... Uh, how did you grow into doing more of the cloud stuff and Docker? Um, fortunately, isn't it? being in a small company, you have to become a jack-of-all-trades. And I think I've mastered a few. So it's a little, um, <laughs> You've broken the slogan now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> jack-of-all-trades, jack master of some. Master of some. That's, that's so much better. <laughs> you know. um, but also the people who run the company, are, you know, their basis is let's look what's going to happen at N plus one. And so give me the ability to say, well, let's have a look at some technologies and see if they've got some worth in them. Some I examine and toss because they they just don't do anything. But then you can discover things like OpenShift and um, Mono and things like that that um, you think, well, there's some value in that. And we've got clients who are interested in that. So we write white papers for them, explain this is what you can do. Here's a, a getting started guide. And um, sometimes it turns into some uh, new business. Other times it um, stays out there. And sometime 12 months down the line, somebody says, oh, that's an idea. Right. And we revisit it. So, yeah, I, I'm in a, an enviable position of being able to play with some nice toys and but turn it into something. 
Right, and that's really the the hallmark of the work that you've done really for the last uh, what is it, twenty years yeah. pretty much doing this, right? Is is let's look at this stuff, see the cool toyness. How do I turn that into some business value? Mm-hmm. Right? How long did it take for you guys to turn Linux uh, from being a toy to, to providing business value for companies? Fairly quickly in a, in a, a number of cases. Um, as, as I said, they liked the consolidation stuff. They were suffering from sp- um, spread. Right, sprawl. server spawn. Yeah. And, um, in fact, one of our other guys wrote the $25 million PC paper, white paper for IBM, you know, when you get to that point where you need a new building and a new substation. Right, yeah. just for that one more server. One more N server. plus one. N like plus that one. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> that impetus, impetus to consolidate drove the early stuff, and we were there to give advice. And, um, you know, we worked with uh, people in the community like Barrett and Robinson to, to – um, measurement from the start. It was always important. The things we saw fail were the people who never measured at the beginning and measured during and measured afterwards and they would just say, this is stuff not working. Well, at what point didn't it work? You know, <laughs> and what did you set it up for? Well, we gave it 16 gig of storage. Well, yeah, that's not really great in a VM environment <laughs> to share virtual machines all of there. So, yeah, we, we went through those pains with people to, to educate them and we saw the the adoption relatively early of infrastructure stuff, and then we saw people looking to do real business with DB2 as a uh, as a front end. DB2 Connect in particular mm-hmm. became um, one of the key core technologies, and I think Oracle is the business case thing for I, I, IBM and Linux on Z. Uh, it's driven so much MIPS in the world, and it's found a really nice place to live, and people are getting tremendous value out of it both from a performance and function and licensing. Yeah, well, yeah. and this has been, uh, for customers, a, a really good thing too, right? Because uh, it's it becomes very simple for me to lower my license cost with, with Oracle by leveraging the platform. Yeah. Um, uh, did you spend a lot of time uh, help helping to grow that ISV community? Um, we work with a, a few ISVs. In fact, Clef OS came about because um, CA wanted to um, bring out a product they had on the, the um, PC platform, that AppLogic there. Mm-hmm. A lovely piece of technology, unfortunately, was not of its time because Docker containers came out very quickly. And <laughs> what AppLogic was trying to do is exactly what Docker does, except they had to provide the infrastructure above the kernel, whereas all the Docker stuff's down on low level, and it just it's naturally part of the kernel. Um, so it was a great technology, and they wanted to be able to do it on Z, so they said, we need a distro. So we built, they commissioned us to um, build Clef for them, and that's why it's still going today. Um, so we worked with them to so they could enable some stuff. They're still doing uh, Docker development on Clefos and producing stuff there. A number of other ISVs are also using um, Clef to do that type of development. And in, in addition, we, yeah, we've worked with other ISVs to you know, just answer questions because they're not familiar with the Z environment. They think, you know, Z, I'm going to have, like you are saying before, they're going to have to do everything in Epsidic. You know, how, right. does it, how does that work? Um, <laughs> no, calm down. It's, it, it'll, it'll be fine. And, so, and punch cards. Oh, and punch cards. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we still use punch cards. Oh, I love punch cards. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I still get that question, by the way. Really? Yeah. 
And that, I always say yes. <laughs> we worked with a client who still was using punch cards there and every other bit of technology. It's <laughs> a sort of large government organization that's responsible oh, for no. a lot of things. <laughs> oh, no. You know. Moving right along. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so how much of your time is focused on teaching people um, about how it works here and how much of your time is focused on developing that next new thing for people to, to use? It varies. I mean, the, the N plus one stuff is the background when, the, when there's time and, and there I'll concentrate on it. Otherwise, I'm, I do a lot of project work. I'm working with um, big, a company now at the moment doing um, some development work for them on the Z platform and doing measurements and, and stuff like that. Um, then I do, in fact, do education. I've done some courses from my bedroom as a, in the virtual classroom, which is a very tough acti- activity to, do, to sit on the bed all day talking to a faceless audience, hoping that they're actually understanding and, and that type of stuff, and three, or f- three and five days' worth of sitting on the, oh. the bed with the cats for company. <laughs> wow. <Yeah. laughs> wow. I mean, it was worthwhile, these, these people coming from a very um, low... VM background or Linux background, and to you know be able to give them intensive education so that by the end they were feeling comfortable what they're going to have to do. Force hope, of course, because <laughs> you know, despite how much education you get, the, the first time you do, you're going to trip over and feel yeah, feel inadequate yeah. all over again until right. you practice. Right. But right. it's nice to get the people to that stage by providing that type of um, education. And I still write white papers and blogs and and stuff like that, and I come to share and and talk. So. Yes, there is a high education component there, but bills get paid by doing project work. Yeah. So, so to follow on that, I mean, in like the ZOS world where I live, there's still obviously a very strong uh, staffing issue across the world, right, where we've got more people eligible for retirement than we do coming into the platform. Um, does that? How do you see that on you know in the in the world where you live? Is it because it's Linux? It's Linux, and so we don't have any problem. Or does the fact that it's on mainframe make it harder or different at all? It shouldn't make it harder. But what you run into are the silos within an organization that's always been distributed and always been mainframe, and there the twain shall meet. So it's a poli- more of a political. Oh, absolutely. And, and the, the successful companies I've found, and then a couple of them are speaking here at Share have broken that down and the teams are all one. Right. And that takes a lot of balls, yeah. whatever, yeah. from, yeah. from yeah. the management because you're basically saying Huxpa. I'm prepared to put my – if I'm going to merge the organization and then the two organizations together, then I'm going to be prepared to lose my position. Sure. There's no, no guarantee that I'm there and, and not many people are willing to, to make that leap. Well, and to be fair, I mean, you could put somebody who's a really good Linux administrator in front of a in front of a, a command prompt of Linux on Z, and it would be a little while, and maybe they'd have to do a few things that they wouldn't normally do before they'd really realize that they were even on Z. Yeah, yeah you know, type in uname. That's you, probably right, that's type it, in uname. <laughs> type in uname or start debugging something at a mm-hmm. really low level. But other yeah, than that, other than they're that, probably not going to know. No, at and all. It, fortunately, also one of the early problems we ran into is the. Intel people getting into the Z space, particularly on a ZVM environment where it's shared resources and you know, being able to overcommit resources and that type of thing, and they'd say, oh, I've got a three gig um, discrete <laughs> server here, so I need a three gig virtual machine. Well, right. it's, whether it's only using 512 meg, but you know, 
Linux likes to cache as much as it was. So if you give it three gig, it'll take three gig. So the person says, oh, it must need three gig. And so there was a lot of ba- early battles there, there, and people would say, oh, it's not running as well. It's not running well on Z, so we shouldn't put it there. So that was a, that was a hurdle we had to overcome and educate those administrators, to let them know. But now that virtualization is a big in the Intel space, then they run the same, exactly the same type of things. Right. You don't want to port, bring over a discrete application into a VMware environment and say, here, give me 64 gig. You know. <laughs> right. Well, and now over-provisioning is the name of the game, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's yeah. why it works. That's why we, we had Bill in here yesterday talking about that, right? The, mm. the density that we can get out of that system by reusing those resources virtually over yep. and over and over again. And that's the, that's the sweet spot for Z, and yeah. um, it, it's just got to be managed properly. You know, as I said, some of the unrealistic expectations in the early days, the people who didn't measure to actually see what was happening and that type of stuff. So, yeah, it, it still happens today, but it's less frequent. I think it's always going to be that right. internecine rivalries yeah. between platforms <laughs> and divisions and stuff like that. But, yeah, survival of the fittest. Those who do it well yeah. are thriving. Right. Well, that's a really important uh, point is this isn't about technology, right? This is more a cultural thing. You spend more time battling the cultural issue than you do dealing with any technical problems. It's never been any different despite whatever the topic was. (laughs) Um, It's people's feelings, people's insecurities, um, People's fight, baby, right? The things things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, I, I brought this up since day one. I've been working here 20 years longer yeah. than you, Junior. So, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. He's had a little panic attack. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> yeah. He's flashback. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> PTSD for the, for the That's admin. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what was the hardest thing uh, in the last 20 years? What was the hardest thing to do? Um, to make Linux be what it is today, right? Today, it's obvious. It's an obvious answer. What's the hardest thing getting there? Um, I think that's the the problem. It still exists. Maybe the lesser thing is that there is a um, the people who are in the CIO CTO positions have come through an environment where Microsoft ruled, and the mainframe was going away. And the mainframe is always going away, and for the last <laughs> 30 years it's been going no. away. And so we still run into the cases where they get into the place and they say, oh, we don't want to do much investment here because it, it's going to go away. And you go back six years later, and how's that going away going, fellas? <laughs> right. And I would uh, say seven years into a five-year project, yeah. oh, yeah. that happens all the time. So there's that, that reticence to really invest and say, okay, we've, we've, you know, we've, we've got a bit in there, but we're going to really – um, exploit this as much as we can. Sometimes that there's a hesitation because of those those type of attitudes that still exist. And um, we see some of the really successful places still under those type of pressures, despite how well they're doing uh, there. But again, it's, it's never the technical. Right. Yeah, it goes all the way to the top. I've seen mm. that in places I've worked where uh, there was a chief architect, and if you were talking about mainframe, you couldn't even get the con- – it was a non-starter. It was a yeah. non-conversation starter. You talk you about would... your enterprise server, I found, is the yeah. way they were <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's too much frequent flyer magazine, university-type stuff happening there. They, they'll pull out the glossy at the front and say, oh, we have done wonders on this thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we've got 30, 30 guests running. Yeah. Well, congratulations. You know. well, that's such a big number, yeah. 30. Mm-hmm. All at once? Yeah. All, oh, no, in shifts. In shifts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 
five hosts. But anyway. Yeah. So I don't think that's going to ever change. I think we're winning battles where more easily than we did in the early days. Um, but I don't think this cycle of, you know, where should it run, shouldn't run here, we're getting off, we're getting on, you know, it's makes you dizzy sometimes <laughs> it does it does indeed it's funny that that was really going to be my next question is do you see a point where you won't have to have the conversation you should put it here it's more okay you're going to put it here here are the best things to do i think we're getting there more and more but i'm still there's going to be the day because the mainframe when it comes to a, the cfo's line items it's a big number Whereas if you have discrete servers over multiple divisions, then there's lots of little small numbers, and they couldn't be bothered adding up those little small numbers <laughs> right? to see it's a much bigger number than the big number. Right. right. Mm, I, so. we, we, had, uh, we had a company come in one time, one of those companies that does studies on lots of different uh, other companies, and they have like sort of quadrants that they report these things in, and had a really hard time understanding why there was such a big budget number with such a small number of people and a small number of servers, and that was the only metrics, right? And if, you're, if you come at it from that perspective, it is shocking, right? Because it's hard to go, well, say, we talk about, well, let's talk about transactions or dollars being moved or resiliency and all these things. Like, those are harder metrics to mm -hmm. put in there, right? And you're still, still up against that, right? That exactly. still happens. Yeah. Well, and there are, there are a lot of situations where the company knows that the mainframe is expensive, so they'll do weird things. I was working with one, and they – they expense the corporate jet as mm. part of their mainframe expense. Well, because the mainframe's expensive anyway, that who's going to notice? That is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Or they do Can studies. Can we get a jet? <laughs> I've seen studies done in places where they're comparing one to the other, and they will refuse to factor in the fact that they need, need building space because they're probably going to need that anyway. And so they take it, take it off the bottom line of the, of the distributed side and, and it becomes, oh, well, look at how, much, how competitive it is. And so you well, get, you know. We started doing things compared things like interesting things like um, transaction volumes or like dollars and transactions volumes per kilowatt or per floor right. tile. Right, and when you start doing that, the numbers are mad, like crazy, in the mainframe's favor, right? Because it's such a dense, right. dense platform in terms of processing. Yeah, but you can appreciate also if you've got a big investment in that type of stuff, scaling it back is uh, and and all the political and those type of issues are, are tough to deal with. So that, that's where, again, you're up against that people effect rather than the technology effect. Right. Yes, sir. So you've, yeah. got, you've got to be sympathetic somehow, even though you think. Yeah. People can always come up with uh, data to prove their emotional. Oh yeah, emotional post confirmation post justification bias, right? of yeah. the yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and right I think on. we're guilty of that as well in, 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 over our time. No, we're not. Point. Except yeah. we're right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right, and so is my wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was right first. Yes, I'm, I'm not even going to make the joke. Yep. Nope. So uh, we're, we're actually running kind of close to, to the bottom of the hour. Uh, but I did want to ask, what's next? What's the next big thing, in your opinion? Where, where is this going? I think the um, container story has got a lot of stuff to play out with. And if we can get the management stuff right and Kubernetes and OpenShift and those type of tools get it right, then you can have a true, I'm running applications where they belong and mm -hmm. I can move them. And if this, if this Intel server is not sufficient, then let's fire up. Uh, a, a Z box and get it get it happening. 
and associated with that is getting the security stuff right. And this is speaking yeah. close to your heart. <laughs> Amen, uh, brother. Yeah. Um, and all the goodness of the hardware on Z that provides the key management and all that type of stuff, um, that that's uh, still to play out there and to be exploited. And IBM's focus on this pervasive in- encryption stuff is, is a good, or as long as it just doesn't become a... Uh, a, a term <laughs> that that and it's played right. lip service to, but right. yeah, it, I think that's where things have still got a, a lot of futures. So, yeah. yeah. And, and before we before we uh, uh, end this, plug for the company. SNA nominee, which we like to call SNA because nobody can pronounce SNA nominee unless you went to a Catholic school or your <laughs> classics majors like the two guys who ran who opened the company. That's how it got its name. They couldn't decide on a name, so they went and said, "We'll call it No Name," which is SNA nominee in Latin. Um, yeah, so there, we we do a lot of um, work, really small. So we've uh, one of the big projects we bet in the last ten years was Open Solaris Port that we were a partner with both IBM and Sun. So that was having 200, 800 pound gorillas on either side of you. <laughs> it was one of the most fun projects I've ever done in my life. Rest in peace. Yeah, <laughs> writing operating systems is, is is fun, but yeah. yeah. So we do a lot of that. The N plus one stuff, um, VM work, Linux work, ZOS. And distributed, we do a lot of um, distributed data um, file system work with OpenAFS, for example. So, yeah, we're, we're a small company, so we we're, we do a lot of different things. Awesome, very good. Awesome. I could just put in one thing. I thank you for asking me here to to talk, but I'm feeling a little offended because initially it was supposed to be in Frank's room, and I had visions of red in the <laughs> minibar. And I think he thought with an Australian ex-convict um, that probably wasn't the best place for it. Oh, man, you just opened up a whole world of things that we don't have time for right now. But I'll buy you a drink at the bar afterwards. Yeah, and uh, we, want, we, want to, uh, we appreciate you coming all the way over from Australia j- just to do this interview. So. Yeah, thank you. Uh, even though the fact that I live in Leesburg, Virginia, but that's okay. <laughs> don't mention the war. Oh, it was working. It was working. All right. Thanks, guys. Well... Uh, that's Terminal Talk. Old Man Charlie, play us out. You've been listening to Terminal Talk with Frank and Chad. For questions or comments, or if you have a topic you'd like to see covered on a future episode, direct all correspondence to contact at terminaltalk.net. That's contact at terminaltalk.net. Until the next time, I'm Charlie Lawrence, signing off. <laughs>